Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. Another week done without any football. The end of season blues is definitely still here, but I'm joined by three fine people to chat all things town once again. New contracts have been given out and um, well, I'm looking forward to having this chat about all things town. Of course, we've got a strike to bring you who's going to win this week. We shall find out. I'm joined by Peachy Alex making his return, and also Francine, the chat town. Let's get right into it then. Peachy, welcome back to the show. Um, little peek behind the curtain. Um, on Tuesday, Tuesday night, we played five aside on goals, and um, I found out I have no stamina. I got knackered after the first five minutes. But Peachy, you were there. How are you doing, my friend? And how was the five aside? I'm good, thank you, Ross. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah, Tuesday night. Um you could say we played football or we I think a lot of us struggled like by the end of the evening there's a few injuries but it was it was a very enjoyable evening good game but I think we all lack a lot of stamina we weren't getting the first team at Ipswich let's put it that way no no not yet anyway well, I don't know Ben Diaf Ben Diaf oh. has part of the KO army he he was fantastic he's a half in the marathon runner yeah and he's got great stamina he was sort of he was, he was on my team, so I was pretty pleased he was on my team. He was sort of carrying our side because uh, we were knackered after, as I said, the first 10 minutes. But it was a very good evening playing five-a-side. Um, I want to go over to a man who I've not spoken to for a while, but he's always a pleasure when he does rock up on the podcast. And it is good old Alex. How are you, my friend? It's been a while, but he's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much, Ross. Been a wee well. Um, lovely to be back. So much going on. Uh Obviously, I see everything that's being talked about and the things that are happening at the club, and it's we're in a fantastic situation. Um, League One favourites for next year, which is absolutely ridiculous, but there it is. Even more pressure on McKenna. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad there's a bit of a break now, so I can pull some funds together for trying to go to more games next season. Uh, excuse the Scottish accent; it'll drift in and out. But it's lovely to be here, Ross. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're in a little bit of context there. Alex, that isn't his normal accent, but he, he's just you're just trying to practice, aren't you? For, I, is, for a, I just like, you know, I don't like myself particularly, but it's good to just put on an act and be someone else throughout my life. So that's what I often do. Um, like I say, it'll, it'll drift in and out. I'll probably be Irish later on, so we'll see what happens. But like I say, I'm the most mature member of the group. I'll just sit back and observe... And just, just pop me in occasionally for a wee chat. That'll be fine, Ross. Thanks for having me. Of course, my friend. And um, the final person that joined us this week is the lovely Francine. How are you doing? And um, I know you're feeling the end of season blues because um, like all of us, we just want to be at games again. But end of season, it always happens. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Um, I think at the moment my end of season blues are helped a little bit by the fact there are other games happening still. So I can still sit and watch Sky after... This weekend, when uh, Premier League finishes, I think, what am I going to do with my Saturdays at home? Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to July already. Um, so, I need to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, the um, start of the season is sooner than normal. So, yeah, 30th of July. Of course, the fixtures are out on the 23rd of June. We're going to be bringing you loads of different content. So, look out for that. Um, and also, a little plug early doors. If you want to get involved with the podcast and other videos, get in contact with me at Ross Media UK. Uh, we want to hear more voices than ever, really. So get involved if you fancy it. Um, let's get right into the main 
sort of topic of the podcast. New contracts have been handed out. First, it was Wes Burns, the the Welsh magician. What a season he had. His debut season, won all the awards you can name, top goal scorer and all that sort of stuff. Then it was Caden Jackson. He was going to be out of contract in the summer. He got a new contract. And then today, as of recording Wednesday, Luke Wolferden has signed a new contract to extend it to 2025. Uh, Peachy, um, great things to see. Players getting tied down to long-term deals. Out of all three of them, which one are you liking the most? Ooh, tough question. I'm going to say Wolfie. To be honest, like, it's a bit less, let's be honest, he is a prize asset. So, you know, if, it, if we are going to go in the direction we're going, hopefully up and up and up, he'll be with us. But there might be a point where we might have to sell and he'll make a lot of value. But I don't want that to happen because I think Wolfie, since the start, obviously the start of the season, first game against Morecambe, he made a mistake. I thought he got thrown to the wolves a little bit, no pun intended. That would a certain ex-manager, you know, didn't really back him, just, you know, dropped him straight away. But since <clears throat> Kenneth's come in, he's coached him and he's, we've now got an absolute gem of a centre-back, in my opinion. But um, Wes Burns fully deserves his contract. The unbelievable season. No one saw him being player of the year start the season. And also with Jackson as well. Another one who's actually been coached. He's not been just thrown up front to play on his own and go, do what you can. It's actually... I believe McKenna and the coach were telling him to do make the runs, do this, do that. But overall, it's good to have a football club being run properly. All of, you know, players getting signed long-term deals. None of this letting the contracts run down. Like I'm talking years ago, like I remember when Gareth McCauley was at the club. Contract was running out, didn't do anything. Oh, went on a free. But now we've, I say, we're being run properly. That's my main take on it. And it's bloody brilliant. It is bloody brilliant. And um, Alex, um, Wes Burns, Luke Wolfden really didn't need to sign new deals. They still had a couple of years left on a contract. Caden Jackson was the main one in terms of he was going to be out of contract this summer. He had no option, so he could walk for free. But we've signed him for another two years. Um, your thoughts on all the contracts, but Caden Jackson is the key one because he wasn't going to be here after this summer. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I agree greatly with Peachy. You know, Ross, that you know I've always considered Wolfie to be a Rolls-Royce um, thought he was an outstanding player, has been for years, and, and to see his improvement and the McKenna and to get him signed is, is, is the best of lot for me. I think what it all signifies is that we're getting our work done early, which is also the sign of a really good structure and a good organisation and how what great hands we are now in. It really feels that way, that feel-good factor is, is real and that we're already moving. The season's barely been barely dead and already we're snapping them up. Uh, that is fantastic. And that that summarises or that, that relates to what's going on at the ground with the dugouts being taken out, the corner of the stadium being knocked down, catering is going to be improved. Everything that they're doing is fantastic. And, and these signings are, are, a part, are a part of that. Getting a Luco done, getting it all out of the way, um, which is brilliant. The Jackson thing, I, I think I'm in your camp, Ross. I don't rate... I don't overly rate Jackson. I don't think he's going to be our number one man. I don't think he's anywhere near our number one man. Nowhere near. Um, I think McKenna did great with him at the back end of the season and got something out of him. Yes, he's pacey. He's not electric, but he's quick. He is quick. I'll give him that. But to me, his touch isn't strong enough and he needs a lot of improvement. A lot of improvement. He's, he's nowhere near the number one man. It's great that we've got him as a squad player and I think that's how McKenna will see him. I really do think that that he's a squad player. Um, I, 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 he's just not there for me. He's, he's not the man. And, and a few goals at the end of the season or the back end, yeah, excellent. But over his three or four-year career, 
he has not done it for town. He's not. He's got nowhere near double figures. So, but it is great, and he can improve him. But McKenna can only do so much with that. And I think he's a squad player. I think the others that have signed Wolfie Burns and Danassian is brilliant. They're going to be in the team, and with a bit of luck, Touchwood they'll play forty plus games next season. With a Luco also on the fringes, I think it's really positive. Um, I'm not disappointed by any of the, the sorry. The, the three main ones are great. Burns is brilliant. Now we just wait. Now we just wait for Morsey. Now we just wait for Selena. Now you just wait for those other key names. Um, but yeah, I think it shows what McKenna wants to do. It shows the club being very positive and backing him. But also we're moving quickly. And uh, I think that's a sign that we're in really great hands. So the players are great. Wolfie's my man. Love Burns, of course. Love the Naissance. It's brilliant. It's really, really great. Jackson as a squad player and a Luco. But it just shows how much more organised and how structured we are. The planning is there, and we're going to move. We're going to move really quickly, and um, I think that's really exciting and positive for us. Indeed, and uh, that's the main main word I've taken from Alex. There is it's more organised for our team because, yeah, as Peaches had, Gareth McCauley was many years ago. Of course, Dave McGordrick went on a free transfer, um, and of course he went on to play in the Premier League with Sheffield United. He's of course now a free agent. I'm not saying we should sign him because he is 34 or whatever, but that's another debate for another day. But um, it's just great to see the club getting deals done. Um, out of the three, what one excites you the most? Oh, Wolfie's my man. I think you've got a £15 million defender there. I really do. I think he's absolutely outstanding. He glides around the pitch. He's very mature. He's my man. He, he's, he's my favourite player. He's the best player we've got, I think, Wolfie. I think he's an absolute Rolls-Royce of a centre-back. Um, for us to snap him up and keep him here is fantastic. Um, if it was Morsey, I'd be saying Morsey just ahead of Wolfie, to be honest, but we'll come to him. But um, yeah, um, I mean, I love Wes and Genoi as well. They're great players, but yeah, Wolfie's my man. And hopefully he's watching and hopefully we'll meet one day. That that question was for Francine, Alex, but thanks for oh, your input as always. <laughs> my apologies. Sorry. That's fine. Like I said, I'll just, input, I'll just sit good. in the background and I'll say nothing. <laughs> That's fine, mate. It's fine, my friend. It was great. Great input as always. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the Luke Wolford and Alex Bell connection together at one point. We'll yeah, get sorted. Yes. But Francine, um, you heard my question earlier. Your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> um, purely on the fact that he was out of contract, so otherwise wouldn't be here next season. Jackson, I know he splits opinion, um, but I I quite like him, um, and I think the way he fought for his place here um, says is a, that says that he's a type of player we want around the club. Um, same with Wolfenden, like you know he was well, he was out in the under twenty threes. He was part of you know. We weren't going to see him again. Cook didn't really play him. And then even McKenna, his early days and stuff, you didn't see him. And it was dead cert that, you know, he was gone. And he came in and he was the only striker who, in those games, in that period when he, before he was injured, who, crea- who was creating assists, who was um, scoring goals, getting involved. Um so he came in and he went, I want to be here, I want to play. And for me, that's sign of play we want. We've had conversations, you know, in the group chat and stuff about players who've had their had transfer requests in when things are going well. And we're like, oh, that's not really the kind of player we want. But Jackson has 
gone through a really tough time in terms of his time here, but has still turned around and gone, no, I like it here, I want to stay, um, and shown, proven a point. Um, I don't think he'll be our main striker. Um, and Alex is right, he's got an awful first touch. <laughs> Absolutely woeful first touch. But he can cause damage with his pace to League One defenders because they don't like being run at. And when he runs to the byline and pulls it back, that's what you want in a, you know, your second striker. Um, so I'm happy he's signed. But also with Burns and Wolfenden, keeping them here long term, saying, yeah, we want to keep you, adding that little bit more value to their what they're worth because they've got longer deals. That's really good work by the club. Um, like you said, it wouldn't normally happen under previous regimes. So really good to see. Um, and obviously I'm delighted. I've loved Burn since before he was even at the club. So, because a football manager. So I'm delighted he's uh, still here. Indeed. Um, well, I was going to jump in now and sort of say we're going to get into the strike, but I've decided we're going to actually bring in the Morsey chat right now because I think we're flowing very nicely. I think the strike comes in when we feel like we want a bit of a breather, but I think we've still got a good flow here. So I um, hope everyone's enjoying listening to the pod as always. Um, I'm going to plug, of course, our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. Uh, your balls will thank you. And Sam Morsey, peachy, what a man, what a skipper. Um, at the moment, it's just little whispers and rumours. You know, if someone put it out there. Wigan Athletic are interested in re-signing um, Sam Morsey to Wigan. Liam Richardson in charge. They'll be playing championship football next season. Sam Morsey, Peachy. Um, your thoughts on potentially he could leave the club, but will he actually stay? Probably will. For me, I, I love Sam Morsey. He's a proper footballer, in my opinion. Like, absolute brilliant midfielder. Like, you know, not how can I put it? Not every player, yeah, every player has their value, and you know. But to, if we mostly to go to replace him would be one hell of a task. But for me, I think he'll stay personally because he's got a good thing here. He's he's an integral way of the way we play, and he just he just sets standards on the pitch. He's our mid, he is our midfield general, and for seasons and seasons we've always had town have always been able to have this soft underbelly, like in our midfield. Now excuse my language, we've now got this hard bastard in there. He takes no crap from anyone. And you see him, he's always cheering the players up. And if a player makes a mistake, he doesn't let them off. He tells them. He lets them know that, you know, you're not giving 110%. You ain't not part of my team. But it's I think it's partly a bit lazy journalism. Not journalist myself, but it's like you say, it's like Wigan, Richardson. He used to play for him. It was just standard when the rumour come out, I think it was all the story come out on Sunday. It was all the typical thing on Twitter, like, oh, everything blows up. It's like just the summer's going to be full of these rumours. But for me, he is the spine of our team. So I don't think we'll sell him. But he'll be he'll be there, start the season, walk walk, lead the team out, Portman Road or away from home. And hopefully he'll be lifting a trophy at the end of the season. Fingers crossed. Yeah, was Ross frozen? I think Ross was frozen for a second. I, I think he was just—he was just so enchanted by what he was saying. I thought he was that bored. That he, um, <laughs> he's, just, he's just gazing deeply into your eyes. Um, he's on mute, but I, I think he's just frozen for a sec. So I'll, I'll continue, Chris. 
Carry on, sir. Um, yeah, I think what we said last year when I was with Ross on some pods, and I was saying, we haven't got that. We haven't got that. We haven't got that. It's a nightmare that we haven't got that in our team. And um, we've been missing it for a long time. Morsey is absolutely everything to this club. He is he is huge for this team. You take that out. I mean, what game was it where he got injured after the first 20 minutes? That crucial game. And he, he, he ran around for 15 minutes. I remember I was actually at that game and I can't remember which game it was. He carried on with the injury. He went off and we were not the same team. We weren't the same team. And he's absolutely massive for us. He's our captain. He's a leader. Like you say, he does not accept second best. No. But there are so many factors that will influence. This This story is possibly agent-led. Perhaps often these stories come from agents or purported. Um, an insider said, blah, blah, blah. Often there's no smoke without fire. And it might definitely be a possibility. For me, he is the best centre midfielder in League One. I, I do believe that. I think, or he's up there anyway. He's just outstanding to keep us ticking, keeps the ball so well, moves the ball so well. It's essential that we do everything we can to keep him. But of course, there are so many factors involved. His family, his, you know, would he like to go back up north? Is he happy here? Um, I'm sure he's happy with McKenna. He seems very happy in his football. I will say this. It doesn't seem, I don't think him and Selena have a great connection. I've seen him when they've celebrated goals and he, and he gives it the old high five and whatever. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't know if they really click. They're very different types of players. But I've always seen not much of a connection between him and, him and Bursan. Um, all those relationships will play a part. Money will play a part. His future, because what is he, 29, 30? I think it's about that. Right. Yeah. So there's so many factors here, but we have to do everything that we can to keep him. He's such a fantastic player. Gives us that steal, encourages others to get into the tackle. And um, he's been a revelation for us. He's a brilliant captain. So pleased that he's with us. I hope it's just a rumour and I hope it doesn't happen. I, I'm, You know, I don't know. Who knows? You know, there's going to be three... Pl- it's naive to think that as favourites for League One, no one is looking at our players. Of course they are. Of course they're looking at our players. It'd be great if we had that nucleus still the same, but I'm not sure we will. But yeah, for me, we should do everything to keep Morsey. I'm sure you'll agree, Francine. I'm sure you're a big fan too. Yeah, absolutely love him. Um, it would be, for me, uh, you know, one of those hands-off, he's not for sale, not for any um, amount. Um, you know, obviously every player has their price, but I can't see Wigan meeting what we would be willing to accept um, because he is integral to what we do. Take him out. And we've got no midfield. Um, however good Evans Backinson when he was when he was there, if he's here next season, um, you know Harper potentially. However good they are, they need someone like Morsi alongside them. Um, Evans got so much better when he played alongside Morsi mm. than those opening yep. games. Backinson. His best games and his confidence grew as he played alongside Morsi. When Morsi came out and you put um, Carol or someone alongside him, he went all over the place. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, Morsi's integral to everything. And he's great in the goals. When was the last time we had a central midfielder who scored goals? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, 
think like regular because he got two, I think it was two in this season, but he had more opportunities for more because he was in the box. And the last time I remember having a central midfielder in the box regularly, potentially get on the potential to get te- ten plus goals a season. You're looking back like Tommy Miller, um, Holly Norris. Not yeah, looking back, but that's still ten. Good ten years ago, isn't it? Before, yeah. Since we had a goal-scoring midfielder, um, so yeah, don't sell him under any circumstances. Don't sell him. Um, and I think he now wants to be here. I think at the beginning he didn't because he mm. said in that interview when he first signed it was very much of a oh yeah it was all I didn't really think I'd be dropping down to League One. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but. The way since McKenna came in, that his performances have changed and his performances have improved. And when he scored, he's pointed to the pitch at Portman Road, um, as almost if to say, "Yeah, I'm I'm here to stay. This is sort of thing." Well, that's how I've interpreted it anyway, um, and things. And he has, you know, patted the badge and stuff. So I think he wants to be here. Um, I say Wigan wouldn't be able to afford what I what I'd be willing to sell him for. I imagine Mark Ashton's got a similar thing of, yeah, this is the price. You know, I like Barry Fry with uh, Jack Taylor, who said, 10, we want 10 million. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let him go. Um, and you have to put those high. To us, he's probably worth a lot more than what other people are willing to pay. So hopefully he will be here next season. And Peach, I'm going to say he's going to lift two trophies next year because he's going to lift the Papa John's trophy. Yes. Because <laughs> we're going to Wembley for that. We want a Wembley trip and then we're going to win the league because we don't want playoffs. There's, so many, there's so many factors around the Morsey thing, isn't it? He seems happy, but is he? I.e., is his family happy? Has he settled? How does he feel about it? Does he want to go back home? Where, where is his home? All of those things that we don't know, and and the problem is he's such a good player that he could get a move if he wanted one. Peachy couldn't he? Because he is that good a player. Yeah, there's two things I thought. Like I say, like I presume his family's sort of moved down here, and I, I think he's got a young family as well. So would he want to, you know, up sticks again if they have moved? And obviously, being a football fan, you clutch at everything. And I noticed on um the social media or Twitter today, like when the contract renewal has been coming up, Morsi's been sending little tweets afterwards. So. Yeah, that could be just mean anything, but you know, as a football fan, you clutch at everything. Well, that, that's positive, that's positive. But anything, anything negative, it's like nah, that's rubbish, that's not a bull. That is, <laughs> but like I say, it just you don't know what's going through the man through his head. That you might think, I don't care about his rumors, I'm here, or you might be thinking, Well, I could get back in the championship, I could do this. We just don't know. But is, Wigan a, is a club Sorry. that is likely to stay in the championship? long term that's the other mm. question because um you know you could say here hopefully go up with us and we're i'd argue um i may be wrong and it may be that in a year's time wigan fans are coming at me <laughs> if any wigan fans have watched is coming at me um saying that um i was showing me that i was wrong but i can't see them being a you know a champ club in the championship that you know, are anything more than at best mid table, but really, I see them as being a bit of one of those yo yo clubs, mm. um, rather than a you know stable to pushing up top half 
championship clubs. I think we'd have the better you know, core to push, you know, further on. So there's that factor as well with um, whether we can be persuaded to stay here because we're more likely to potentially more likely to stay in the championship longer. Again, I'm now I'm now way away. I'm going to now be dreading the end of next season to, when to see what happens with Wigan. Often with these links, there the Wigan thing is is a bit of a misnomer, um, and these links are put out by an agent or some. The, the name Wigan is thrown in just for random purposes, just to say, oh well, he used to play there, and they're in the yeah. championship, so therefore that often isn't the case when then clubs start coming in. There'll yeah. be some, I, there'll, I, that, that moots the move, and then someone will come in. Yeah, I um, look forward to the likes of Connor Wickham and that being linked with us again because they're yeah. now out of contract and he used to play for us. He came through our academy, so it's an easy link for uh, you know, journalists to make, like you said, Peachy, slightly lazy journalism at times. Well, there's lots of that around. But yeah, I'll tell, I will say one thing, which is slightly negative. He's the one player we cannot afford to lose. I, I would give away any of the others. I'd be disappointed. But in terms of where we're going and what McKenna's trying to do, Morsey has to stay. If we lost Morsey, we would no longer be anywhere near favourites for the League One title. Nowhere near Ross. No. Yeah, I'm back. Um, for people listening on audio, my internet has been a shambles, just like myself. Um, but it's proven that I'm probably not even needed, to be honest. So I just go press record, take it away, guys, <laughs> chat away. Um, of course, I still have to step in just to make sure everyone's still going the right direction. Um, that's great chat. I was um, just listening, just hearing what you've got to say and some good points there. So thanks as ever. Um, OK, then let's move on to some silly stuff then as I'm back. Um, let's talk about the strike. Let's get the questions up and ready. Peachy, Alex and Francine going head to head. Of course, um, if you haven't already um, on our YouTube channel, we have the Strike Invitational 2.0. Um, and I won't spoil Peachy's um, game against Bono, but uh, that will be out soon. And uh, did he progress around two? You should have to wait and see. You could be listening to this and that episode's out already, so you already know. But um, go back and watch the episodes if you haven't already. It let's was an get epic, right battle. In- epic battle. Epic battle. Well worth a watch. Yes, go and watch it. Easy, easy, easy plug, but you got to do it. No, um, so we have four questions plus a tiebreaker. And I've just realised one of the questions is an old question. So I've just got to change that quickly, folks. Uh, so bear with me uh, because uh, we don't really want to be talking about that player because that was from a, a previous strike episode. So let's get rid of that. But um, I think we've done that sort of now. So let's get right into it then. First question is on this man. We've already spoken to him about him on the podcast, but it is this man here, Caden Jackson. Um, now, Caden Jackson was born in which city? Ah, a little bit different for you. Was it Bradford, Sheffield or Leeds? And I said, was it? Um, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bradford, Sheffield or Leeds? What do you reckon then, guys? KJ. He actually came or had a little brief spell at his hometown in, in his youth youth career, but sadly never made it his youth career. But, um, he's got a very interesting career, Caden, because I think he won a competition to get a contract at Swindon. Um, so, yeah, a um, little fun fact. Yeah, Caden Jackson. All right, then, let me get rid of Caden Jackson's face. Um, if you're watching on video, of course, you can see his face, but um, on audio, you can't. But uh, here's what it is. So, let's go around the room. Peachy, what do you reckon? I went for Bradford. Bradford, Alex. I went for Bradford. Bradford and Francine. I went for Sheffield. Sheffield. 
Well, sorry to say, Francine, it is Bradford, so it is 1-1. Nil, but do not yes, worry, Francine. Oh. <laughs> for, for people on audio, that, that was Alex who was celebrating the first point of the strike. Um, it's fine, mate. It's fine. Get involved. Um, next question is on this man, the man who wears um, the ponytail, Wes Burns. There he is. Uh, um, now, what is Wes Burns' middle name? Is it James, Jack or John? I'm just going to quickly Google if I got this right because I don't think I may have got this wrong. Let me just double check the answer anyway. Yep, the answer's fine. Okay, I've got the answer. That's fine. So, Wes Burns, what's his middle name? I know there's a lot of people been tweeting like his full name all the time on Twitter. Wes, blah, 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 Burns. Or Wesley, of course. His full name is Wesley. Don't pay attention to Twitter. I'm not on Twitter much at the moment. So, yeah, it's fine. It's actually so Wesley. Sir Wesley Burns, of course. Mm. Of course, I didn't do a little slip there. I could have slipped in the middle name. But anyway, Peachy, <laughs> over to you. What, what what do you reckon? James, Jack or John? I've gone for John. John? I've got a clue. Alex? I've gone for James. and got a clue. Uh, I've gone for James as well. I have a feeling Francine's more confident than you guys because it is James. You um, <laughs> Alex has made it 2-1. <laughs> uh, hopefully, um, any headphone users, hopefully didn't crash your car. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, you won't be headphones on when you're driving a car but um if anybody headphones users out there sorry about that but um, alex is just excited because he is taking the lead of the strike it's fine it's fine um next question is um, as you can see i've got a bit of a trend going on here uh next question is of course on on luke wolferden um and the question is which shirt number did luke wolferden wear during his first season at town was it 37 39 41 of course he made his debut in the league cup against luton um, I don't know what it was called back then. I think it was called a Carabao, probably. It's still yeah. called a Carabao, isn't it? It's still called a Carabao. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Is it is? Yeah, Carabao. I yeah. just call it the League Cup. Yeah, I always call it the League Cup. But, you know, and it's, it's like just, the Papa yeah. John's trophy. I call the stupid trophy. No, pizza trophy. Always pizza trophy. Always pizza trophy. So what do you reckon then? Uh, we'll go We'll go Francine first. We'll, we'll mix up a little bit. What do you reckon, Francine? I've gone 37. 37. Alex? 41. 41. And then Peachy? 39. Ooh. A1's gone different. That's what I like to see. Um, of course, one of you is right, obviously. Um, and that person is Peachy. It is 39. Um, so there we go. Peachy has yeah. taken the early lead. Uh, no, he hasn't. Oh, no, he's, he's no, he hasn't. Sorry, sorry. Oh, my bad. My bad. I've leveled. I've leveled. <laughs> what am I talking about? Ignore Don't swear down the last question, Gov. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. That's what I'm probably. That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, now, next question is on a man that's going to be making his birthday this week, and it is Marcus Bent. Uh, let me get a picture of him up. Marcus Bent. Now, how many goals did Marcus Bent yeah. score for Town in 71 games? Marcus Bent didn't probably have the career he probably wanted that Town, but we had a lot of money issues and all that stuff, and in administration maybe as part of the administration because he cost a lot of a lot of money, didn't he, when we signed him? How many goals do you reckon then? Um, so if you get it bang on, you get two points. If you get closest to the correct answer, you get a point. So, well, Peachy or Alex could um, win this on this thing. But Francine, if you get it bang on, or if you actually get closest, if you get it closest, we actually go to the tiebreaker. But if you get it bang on, you actually win. So there we go. I can't say that. I, I know Marcus Bent purely from... The season DVDs I used to buy and just yeah. to sit and watch 
like on like back for hours on end just re-watching them all yeah so I, th- I was only quite young then yeah. um like like you yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I was, yeah I, my first game was joe royal's first game so um Ooh. bit of a yeah. continental european football for you in the, no uh... first league game oh, first, didn't okay. go to that no, one okay it's fine it's we fine. lost yeah. <laughs> my first yeah. game so i don't really see much of marcus bent how many um, goals how many goals do you reckon then how many goals I've said, eight, I've said 18 18 okay 23 um, 23 um, alex is gone i've gone 12 then... i don't think i've got that many 12. That's what, what I was long. going. That's what I was thinking. It was, but yeah. Um, did someone say twenty-three? Yeah. You are bang on, my friend. It is twenty-three. <laughs> oh, it's just a natural gift. <laughs> so, uh, Alex has won. Thanks Got a bang much. on. You've won. Well done, um, but Alex, as always on the strike. We have a tiebreaker still. I did my research for it, so I don't want to waste it. Are you going to gamble the crown? Of course, they have to get it spot on as well. They have to get a spot on the answer. So you still win if they, you know, don't get it spot on. Are you happy to gamble? Yeah, mate, you to gamble. Let's gamble, yeah. Four cooks in the room. <laughs> um, tiebreaker then is on this man. And um, we recently celebrated this magical night. And the, the night he, well, it was Magilton night, weren't it? This man here. Celebrations with Gary Croft and Matt Holland right there, the hat trick hero on the night. How many goals did he score for town in 315 games? Wow. God bless that man. God bless yeah. that man. What that a man. night. Love him. Um, oh, dear. magic. How many goals then? There's three for you. There's three goals for you to start you off. But um, really, Jim Jilton wasn't known for scoring, was he really? That was, that was an unbelievable night. I you know he scored penalty that night as well and all that sort of stuff but some of these goals he scored that night I don't, think, I don't know if it's the first goal or one of the goals or no, it was... it was the second goal we weaved yeah. through and banged oh. in the top corner oh, right, unbelievable. Foot, right foot top back yeah oh. yeah beautiful um, okay then well Alex as you are winning and you are crowned champion as well get, we'll start with you 28 28 he's gone for okay then Francine what do you reckon I've gone a fair bit more than that because I think it's 15 games. I've gone uh, 74. Yeah, you're wrong. Yeah. You're very wrong. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Thank you very much for playing. Uh, Peachy, this is an opportunity for you now to Ooh. steal it. Can you get it bang on? Let's see. What are you going for? 24. 24. Oh. Alex, you have one overall, but it's 21. Ooh. So oh. close, Peachy. So close. <laughs> very good, mate. Well done, Peachy. Well done, well done, indeed. Um, Alex, you've won this week. Um, speech, my friends, what a performance. How do you feel? Uh, I, I, I'm speechless. The emotions are quite overwhelming. So, you know, I just want to thank the Academy. And, uh, yeah, my parents and, and just everyone that's got me this far. Um, it really was a, it was a tough competition, but I, let's be honest, I did dominate. Well, in the end, you, you did. To be fair, if you think about it, the points you got, yeah, you did. You ran away with it. Um, but Francine, Chris, thank you very much for playing as always. Was um, yes, yes, definitely. Um, now, let's get cracking then into the final feature of the podcast. And we're going to be talking about strikers, different kind of strikers, your sweaty upfront strikers, the big lads, um, as um, Stuart Watson would call defenders, hairy ass defenders, but also you've got hairy ass strikers as well. 
Peachy, um, we're not going to be talking about, like, you know, names of strikers, but just a sort of striker that you'd like town to sign. Um, at the moment, we don't know what Kieran McKenna's formation will be, but what sort of type of striker would you like town to sign? We've only really got Kane Jackson in the door up front because uh, James Norwood's gone. McCauley Bond's gone back to QPR. Um, it is only Kane Jackson at the moment. Pick so, it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Joe. Oh, did, sorry. <laughs> oh, he didn't he deserve that either. The, the teams he just had. I'm sorry. So, Joe Piggott. He's probably not listening to this, but oh my, I'm so sorry, Joe. I'm so sorry. I like Joe Piggott as well. Um, so we've got Kane Jackson and Joe Piggott in the door as strikers. But um, Peachy, what sort of striker would you like Town to sign if you could? Ooh, one that scores bloody goals? That would help. Yeah, that, <laughs> that'd be brilliant. No, no. Um, it's a, I say it all depends on the formation we're going to play, doesn't it? I suppose. But I think we need some sort of sort of two types of striker. Maybe like a big physical one. A bit like um, Matt Smith at Rotherham. Bullies defenders, gets the ball down. And like, if we're going to play two tens behind the striker, then for him to knock balls down to them two, or up to the wings, either Wes or whoever's on the left. And also, I think maybe like a little small nippy striker who's going to be like a Connor Chap. I also think Connor Chaplin could potentially do a job up there. But yeah, someone nippy, quick finisher, quick on the ball. It's just, it's hard to pick the perfect striker, really, isn't it? I mean, you can put me this on record as well. I think. If he stays, and I hope he does, I think Joe Piggott will have a good season next year. I just think, because he's never given a run in the team, in my opinion. He's had a few games here and there. All right, I know he wasn't fantastic, but he need a run of games, in my opinion, to really settle into a side. But I'm not going to question Kieran McKenna. He's a far better football manager than I am. I can tell you that much. But yeah, I'm always like, but I always like to play two up front. So... I'd like a little a large, like I've said, a little large strike, a bit like um, Sunderland with Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillips or Jamie Scowcroft and David Johnson. But other than that, just one who just scores bloody goals because that's something we've seriously, seriously lacked towards the end of this season. Yeah, that's the big thing. This season? Strikers. Yeah, yeah, la- yeah, last year as well. So, the, 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 yes, well, yeah, yeah. The last decade. <laughs> Um, Last decade, basically, yeah. since since Murphy left, we haven't had a well, striker and, score more than ten. And Frank yeah. Lubel, since Frank left uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, so, uh, it's not yeah, a big uh, Frank. Yeah, okay, <laughs> indeed. Um, Alex, over to you then. This is this is your baby in terms of a feature. Um, strikers, what type of striker would you like at the club? Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, at the Wigan game, two all draw. We saw a masterclass from Will King. He was absolutely brilliant. There were the two goals that he scored um, was a header where he got ahead. He got ahead of the the man at the front post and nicked across. You watch the second goal, which he got in at the near post, which looked very straightforward. It wasn't the movement from Keane. He came from a position at the rear of the box. He glided in in anticipation of the ball coming in, got ahead of his marker and put it in and scored two brilliant goals. Barely touched the ball all night, but scored two brilliant goals. It was movement. It was it was the stuff that you think just happens by accident with strikers, like Gary Lineker. But of course, it isn't. It's it isn't accidental. It's movement. It's timing. It's anticipation. And it's it's having that vision as a striker. And we, I'm just I'm just not sure how how McKenna what McKenna will want as a striker. We know that as a players for players that he wants to sign, they need to be fit. He wants strong players. He wants fit players. He wants, he wants a certain type of player. But for a striker, he played five or six people up front in his 23 games. That's once every four games he changed the striker. 
Okay. That shows that he did not know what to do with his striker. I love Chris's opinion on Piggott. I think it's 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 a controversial one, very controversial. And if anyone could get anything out of Piggott, it's probably McKenna and Pert, the, the team together. But what kind of striker is it? Is it that Will Keane? Is Chaplin the answer? I, I just don't know. But Will Keane was absolutely fantastic when he came down to Portman Road this season and just showed that it's about vision, timing, anticipation, not about raw pace. At the end of the day, we need those kind of strikers because we play the ball wide a lot. Our game is a lot around width. So many of our goals came from wide positions and balls being put in there. But also the other key factor, which is essential for strikers to score goals and get confidence, because confidence is everything. Once a striker goes on a run of three or four games, he starts doing things instinctively. He starts moving a different way. He starts anticipating differently. The way we do that is through our set pieces being better and picking mm. up picking up off your backside, picking up chances, bobbling around in the, in the box. Um, we didn't score many goals like that. Many goals where it just bobbled around. There was chaos from a good set-piece delivery or a good throw-in and a flick or two men moving like that and causing chaos for the far post. We crap at set-pieces. And that's where you need your nine or your ten. They're just drifting off at the far post, waiting for that nodding or that movement or that instinct. It's an instinct. Norwood had it, but unfortunately was was lost it. Piggott, I'm not sure if he has it. Jackson, isn't it? So I, I think we need two strikers in the window. I really do. I think we need two. Um, unless you can get a tune out of Piggott, then maybe we need one. But it's it's that kind of striker. And I, I really don't know. It's going to be fascinating. We, none of us have any clue who it's going to be. Um, but I'll be fascinated to see who runs out um, on that first game in July. But it has to be someone with those instincts that are honed, that are ready to go. Because we need more goals. We need more goals. If we think that we're, we're ready to go up. We're not. We know that. But my goodness, we need goals and we need a lot of hard work. There's a lot of hard work in pre-season to assume that we're going to be up there. I'd be surprised if we finish top two next year. I really would be. I think playoffs is where we're going to be. Um, I hope so. But it's all about recruitment and striker is the number one recruitment that we need to we need to get right. But I do have faith that McKenna and Ashton will do that. Well said, as always, my friend. And Francine, over to you then. Strikers, strikers, strikers. Someone who can score goals at this level, of course. Um, take away. What sort of type striker would you want to see us sign? Um, I, I, I've got, I think you need two strikers. I've said that since you know, five games to go, that in my, I want five signings and I want two of them to be a striker. Um, I think we do need that big man type who will disrupt defenders because um, we play really nice football at times but there are some teams that we can't break down so we need that plan B so we need sometimes need that big man to just go in and cause some disruption amongst defenders so if we get to have still have Selena here and Selena and Chaplin can do their thing, thing about running at defenders and things and then we can have Burns being able to put crosses in but we need someone who can header the balls and just annoy defenders. Um, and I think the other one, we need a poacher. Um, so quite often we never have anyone between the goal, you know, within the line of the goal. They come near post, 
They've dropped back around the edge of the penalty area. I, I'm not going to say that at the far post because that's something we need to improve on. I say it about 10 times a game. Far post. Far post. Um, someone who um, me and my dad have always said, someone like Billy Sharp, who just in between, who just operates in between like, the six-yard box, the line of the six-yard box on the posts, always in the middle, the ball comes in, he's there. Um, obviously, we're not going to get Billy Sharp, but that kind of player in his mould of how he plays, um, just purely because then that's someone in the middle who is going to be there, um, to put the ball in the net. Um, I think Chaplin would make a great striker, and that's not just because I love him. He's a po- yeah, he's your boy, but he's, he's, he's definitely my boy. a poacher. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's definitely a poacher. But when, but he has got goals at the back post. He does, you know. He also has got goals other places as well, but some of his goals have come from arriving late at the back post. Um, so, yeah, I think he could be a player as a striker, but I think ultimately he will be a number one of our number tens. Um, who might pull, you know, work between the two. Um, but yeah, I want to say we'll a proven goal scorer, but when has that ever worked out for us before? Um, Joe Piggott. I think, um, I think we'll be looking at a, you know, championship level striker. Um, just based on terms of what we did last 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 summer. Very few of our signings were signings from League Two, League One. A few of them were, but quite a lot of them were ones who could do it in the Championship, who would be pulled down. And I think there'll be a similar um, method this summer with our transfers as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a completely left field option from the Championship being persuaded to drop down. Mm. Will we go continental? We bring in a continental player, bring you know, go abroad. Well, well we've got or... uh, Martin Pert, isn't he? They've mm. uh, McKenna's mentioned that you know he's got links everywhere. Um, although doesn't on Football Manager, he's got really he doesn't bring that knowledge into Football Manager. Um, but <laughs> he, if he's got those links, then definitely we've not used the continental market as well as other clubs have. And I know Brexit and rules and stuff will play a part, but there's um, going to be ways around, you know, work permits and things. So hopefully, I don't really know many strikers abroad, to be honest. So just have to see. But I think there will be a bigger name than people expect. Well, you're building up now, Francine. I'm excited. Alex, so, it, take away. Is it two up top as well? I, I don't know how this works in the formation. I think he I, wants he wants I, Burns to, and Burns to weigh in with another ten goals and his midfielder. And then is it a big yeah. man? Is it Sturridge at Forest or whatever? Is it someone in that middle? And then, or is it a poacher? Or is he? Does he want two in there to play up to? I just don't see what the I, if, he does, if he does want Chapman to play. If he is playing, obviously Burns. What are we doing in terms of formation? What are the two? He needs to find a I very think... smart player that's going to be able to integrate or move yeah. or revolve around a nine. Or is it is it two? I, I don't really see where 
what the striking is going to look like in any way. I've got no clue. I I think because McKenna doesn't necessarily have a preferred formation, he just he like he go he thinks about what's the best way to win that particular game. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes it really difficult for us to think about what type of striker it's going to be because, like you say, there's been some games when we've played two and then one. There's been some games when it looks like a one, then then a two up top. Um, within yeah, a games, well, it sometimes looks like we've gone four four two. Um, it hasn't worked. He he's he's um, changed formations a few times, and so that is made it difficult to know what yeah. kind of striker we're it's be looking really at. Interesting, I think, to come the start of the season, really interesting to see who's up there. I'm very old school. I love four four two, but it, you know it doesn't happen nowadays. <laughs> in in 2022, you won't be seeing that formation. There'll be like a diamond, or you know, they will be top front, but in a three-five-two. No, and all that Burnley, sort of stuff. Burnley, Burnley, yeah. like a four-four-two. Yeah. Mm. could be getting yeah, relegated. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah, it's worked for them. I don't know. It's worked for them, all right? You know, they've been in the Premier League for many years. Um, yeah, but they, they they've had Premier League strikers. Yeah, that as well. They, yeah. yeah, they Chris Wood carried that weight load for a long time. Oh, he did. He what did. a player! What a player! Just didn't. Yeah, when he was on loan here, of course, he was just unfit and didn't oh, play yeah. many games, oh, but. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, get ready for a strike question one day about Chris Wood. Yeah, nearly. Definitely. Um, Okay, then. What a fantastic chat. I've enjoyed this as ever. And uh, we're going to end with any other business. Peachy, before you say your goodbye, any other business you want to add, my friend? Um, Just a bit more on the striker situation. I still think, I agree, like, we need to sign two strikers. But I think we're going to need four overall. So, you know, if my my man... Four strikers? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so like um, yeah, two new ones, Jackson. If if Piggott was to move on, then maybe bring in someone else because it's it's a long season. Obviously, we're going to get the final of the old pizza cup, aren't we? So, be a striker for that. <laughs> we're going to get past <laughs> the first round of the League Cup. So there's another extra game. No, in all seriousness, I think we're going to need four strikers because there'll be times where we have to chuck a few up front when we're playing like teams who have come to part the bus, shall we say. We just have to flood the box. Like I think Alex said, being much better with set pieces. If you've got a couple of big men up there with your centre-backs, it's going to be to- totally different. But I think, let's say we don't know who it's going to be, but I'm sure Mr Ashton and Mr McKenna have got a list of who they want and I'm pretty sure they can persuade them, if it is a championship player, to drop down. But that's all for me, really. I think... um I think strikers just excite people, don't you? When you sign a striker, you go, oh, you know, the man up top will be wearing the number nine, number 10 shirt, whatever shirt they're going to be wearing. Of course, number 10 shirt is is vacant now because Norwood's gone. The number nine is Joe Piggott's. Um, but that'd be bad if they don't give it to Joe Piggott. Well, it depends if he's still here. But mm. um, number 10 shirt is vacant. So whoever gets that, you know, Chaplin may get it because he's a 10. Number 10, but we will well show, wait and see. Of course, we'll do a massive squad numbers release day video at some point and um, podcast. Um, but Alex, over to you, my friend. Any other business you want to add before we wrap up? And uh, no, mate, just a couple of things. Thanks very much for having me. Um, just like to say, next season, nice. I'm not worried about what's coming down. Uh, Peter Brabansley, Zabi, I'm not worried about them at all. So going forward, actually, I think this is a great opportunity for the team to go up. It's really. I don't think the league is, is is as strong as this season. I think Wigan and Rotherham with the Giants they've gone, and what's come down is not great. So it's a great opportunity. But um, McKenna's still got a lot to prove. 
the last six games of the season, we only won one. One of the last six games of the season. And that was when Charlton were already in Magaluf. And it was like, you know, let's run around in the sun and win 4-0. There's still so much to be done. We're talking about Kieran as if he's the Messiah. Okay, he's been great. I'm really happy with everything. But the way we talk about him, as if he's a genius. Okay, he's had 23 games as a manager. There's a long, long way to go. We are not favourites for the League One title, despite what the bookmakers say. And we need some quality coming in because we are 13 points off the playoffs and 20 points off the top two. And we're favourites for the league. Doesn't make any sense to me. But I am hugely optimistic. And uh, thanks very much for having me. And um, I hope to speak to you all very soon. It's always a pleasure, my friend. I, I, and I said, I'm banning anybody who says HMS pissed the league, 100 points, 100 goals. If you say that, I'm straight away just going to slap you in the face. All right? Going to slap you in the face. All right? Thanks so much for that. Yeah, definitely. I won't, I won't really do that. I won't really do that. But um, just don't, please don't say it. Just please don't say it. Yeah, it jinx us. It jinxes us, all right? It jinxes us, all right? We're cursed as it is. Portman Road is cursed because of injuries and other bits and bobs. Hopefully next season will be better. Um, Francine, um, any other business? But we also want to quickly chat about um, a landmark moment in football. Um, Jack... No, Jake, Daniel. Jake. Why do I keep calling people Jack? <laughs> Go away, Jacks. Um, but Jake Daniels, um, of course, made a big um, landmark moment in professional football. Um, he, of course, became UK's first active male professional footballer to come out as gay. Um, of course, 17 years of age at Blackpool. Uh, Francine, you're part of Rainbow Tractors. Uh, what a moment in football. And 17 years old, how mature, how he spoke. What a young yeah. man and um yeah. Incredible. Um coming out to anyone is probably one of the hardest things to do. It's an incredibly scary thing to do. Even in a family like mine, where I all, always knew my parents would be totally cool because they're very very open minded and they've never been homophobic or anything when I was growing up. But even for me that was an incredibly scary thing to do. So at, so at 17, not just come out to your family, but to come out to pr pretty much the world, because this is going to, it's not just going to be breaking news in this country. It's going to end up being all over everywhere. He's come out, ev he's come out to so many people, such a public space um, in a sport, which isn't necessarily the most welcoming at times. Um, absolutely incredible real real courage from him um and yeah to i'm glad it, i didn't think it was happening soon i think i've said like off camera to people before i think it's gonna be years before it happens and thankfully it's not been years and hopefully he does deal with you know doesn't get too much homophobic abuse in games and things and he we can see more players following in his footsteps. Yeah, I'm hoping that will inspire a lot of um, any any footballer out there that you know has been has been hiding that, and hopefully they'll come out and just, you know it's, it's sort of the first platform of that. And um, I want to, of course, plug Suffolk Pride, um, which is coming soon. Um, yeah, take it away. When is it? It is Saturday, the 18th of June, on the waterfront. Um, believe the march. There's been a march that starts around midday i think um suffolk pride committee will be posting out loads of information about it and i'll be retweeting and sharing that 
through Rainbow Tractor social media. But yeah, come on down. It'll be a great, great day. Hopefully, the sun will be shining. Yes. Um, there'll be drink, lots of places to get to drink, to eat, music. Um, and because I'll be there to talk about Rainbow Tractors, football, whatever you want. Um, so yeah, come along. And if you want more information, you just contact me. I'm happy to meet people there if they're not comfortable going by themselves and things. But yeah, it'd be a great day. Indeed, as you said, please be sunny because um, any event... It was beautiful a couple of years ago. The last time we could hold a pride properly, it was like a beautiful day. I got sunburnt um, and things. So hopefully a repeat of that this year. so yeah, do do come on down. Even if it's a bit grey, still come on down. It'll be great yeah. fun. Oh, it's been another fantastic podcast. Peachy, Alex, and Francine. What a great chat. Hope everybody at home have enjoyed listening. Um, of course, make sure to follow us on Kings Wrangler on all the platforms, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all that sort of stuff. Of course, follow Peachy, Alex, and Francine as well. We'll be back next week for another Kings Wrangler fan social course. The main pod will be out there. Other content throughout the summer on the YouTube channel and all that sort of stuff. So stay tuned. Thanks, as ever, for listening. Bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.